0: 1 Kings chapter 19. Amen. <laughs> what a great day. What a great day. Amen. Verse 1. Do you have that? Amen. A couple faces I haven't seen for a moment, but... You might have been here last week. I was in Nova Scotia and uh, couldn't get back. It was a nine-hour plane trip back here. But so I stayed and preached, and and um, the Lord moved in a mighty, mighty way. But I know that last week the man of faith was here. The evangelist moved and gifted in faith, and I know that many things took place last week, and I'm so grateful for that. Amen. Here is the word of the Lord in your hearing. And Ahab told Jezebel, let's just help everyone for a moment. Ahab is the king. Jezebel is the queen. Ahab is not in charge. (laughs) Just, Just to help you. Just four words. Ahab told Jezebel. And when he told her, that was, hello. When he told her, it was, um, it was a report. So he was reporting to Jezebel. All that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. How Elijah had killed all the prophets. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them, one of those prophets that you killed, by tomorrow about this time. So within the next day, you are going to die. I'm going to kill you. This is an interesting uh, verse. He, meaning Elijah, when he saw that. Because when you hear, an image appears. When he saw that, he arose, went for his life. He's running for his life. He came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. Amen. And I believe that the word of the Lord is in this house for all of you. I don't know how this translates to the majority of the people, but I'm just going to preach the word. And we'll ask the Lord to give us great insight and receptiveness to the word of the Lord. Amen. all the people said, amen. I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, I pray for all the people that hear this word. Let them receive it with open arms. Let the hearts of the hearers be open. I pray, God, against everything that would come against this word and the receptiveness of the hearer. I I pray against every device of the enemy that would destroy our faith and love in you. And I ask you right now in the matchless name of Jesus Christ that you would overshadow this room, that you would be with us, Lord, that you would guide us, Lord, and replace something in our hearts. For everything that's against you, replace it with something that is wholesome. For every evil thing, put something that is righteous in it, Lord. Do a trade today. Give us, Lord, the spirit of praise for the garment of heaviness, Lord. Give us the joy, the oil of anointing for, for a heavy burden and for mourning, Lord. Let there be a trade today. Clean us, Lord, and purify us and put something in us today that, is, that cannot be mashed in Jesus' name that, that will not go away. And I prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. All the people said amen. I preach today the irrefutable power of the germinated seed. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that they are your favorite person if it's true. Not not all have said it. (laughs) now put your bibles on your laps and let's clap our hands unto the lord all the people of god now out of your mouth would you just call out hallelujah that's the highest praise call out hallelujah hallelujah Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout with the voice of triumph, and give God great praise. Let the praises of the Most High God, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Hey. Hallelujah! Amen. For the benefit of those who love context as I. Elijah was at the end of a long day. In fact, it had been many days of trouble for the entire nation when Elijah came to call on Mount Carmel. Years prior... Because of the sin of the nation, God closed up the windows of heaven and through the word of this prophet Elijah, a drought overtook them, no rainfall for many years. Israel was well into their third year of this divine judgment, according to 1 Kings chapter 18, when the Lord spoke to Elijah and in short order... The prophet will gather as many people of Israel on the mountain as he could. The king Ahab is there and a host of false prophets. There are 850 false prophets in all. And then Elijah makes a challenge that the God who answers by fire, he said, let him be God. If your God answers by fire, we'll serve your God. But if Jehovah Answers by fire. We will serve him. And the false prophets built up an altar and put stones and put the wood on it. And then they cut up an animal sacrifice and they danced around and prayed and cried. In fact, even to the afternoon, the Bible says they went to great extremes to garnish the attention Of Baal. They cut themselves with stones and cried out, and Elijah stood by taunting them. Perhaps your God is asleep, or maybe he's gone somewhere. But then, after a full day of those false prophets begging Baal to send some spark, Elijah will take over. There is a supernatural and uniqueness in the next few lines of the scripture. It will be the only time that God would send fire from heaven to prove himself. All the other times of fire from heaven spoke of judgment and the eradication, eradication of the wicked. But this time, God sent fire to prove himself. But when this fire came, so came the strength and boldness of Elijah insomuch. much he killed 850 false prophets. And upon that incredible feat, he proclaimed that rain would fall. So he sent his servant up a little farther, his helper, to peer into the blue sky. But when the servant came back, he saw nothing. Elijah sent him up a second time and the third, fourth, fifth, six times, nothing. But on the seventh time, that servant of Elijah came back and he said, well, I, I see a cloud, but it's just the size of a man's hand. And to that, Elijah pronounced that he alone heard the sound of abundance of rain. Oh man, what did you see? I saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. Ah, hear the sound of a mighty rainfall. And he turns to Ahab, the king, and he says to Ahab, you better get in your chariot and get off this mountain because the drought is over and the rain is coming. I love this next line, 1 Kings eighteen forty-five. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain. <laughs> Elijah is surely moving in the spirit. He is walking with the Lord. He is pronouncing things that heretofore have never taken place. He calls the drought into existence and then out of it. He is sustained to the years only to re-engage with this very wicked king. He offers the challenge to the people and God will answer by fire to which he picks up a sword and he takes vengeance on 400 Prophets of Jezebel and 450 prophets of Baal. And if that was enough, he hears the sound of a mighty storm long before there was any evidence of the mighty storm's existence. <laughs> Man, what a day. But when the news of Elijah's deeds, even supernatural deeds, reached the ears of Jezebel, who was the real head in the kingdom, She sent a threat back to the prophet. She said, you're going to die in the next 24 hours. I'm going to kill you at least by this time tomorrow. And the seed was planted. Maybe Elijah was exhausted. I will be careful not to misjudge this mighty prophet of the Lord. For who can measure the weighty calling of the prophet of God? He carries the nation in times of want. He speaks to his own harm sometimes. He stands as the last line of defense by virtue of carnal kings. Elijah's ministry was outstanding in any era or time or dispensation. His oft lonely circumstance and the years of waiting for direction, and then to be the appointed prophet in the days of such immorality and degradation. Oh my. Elijah may have felt the burden of all of it passing through his own veins, through these unmatched moments and supernatural occurrences. We are not privy to his full thought or burden, but for certain we know that he was dealing with a matriarchal system. He knew that Ahab was nothing more than a figurehead and that the kingdom was being led by a dysfunctional and distorted matriarchal headship. The wickedness of Jezebel was unrivaled in all the land. Her ruthless ways permeated the nation. Bloodshed wherever she went. So whenever she sent a message, that day she sent a message to Elijah of his impending death, it found root in her mind and it germinated. The next few scenes will show how this mighty prophet of the Lord hid in a cave fearing for his life. Because ladies and gentlemen, There is nothing like the power of a germinated seed. It takes root. It sprouts and grips and spawns. And the threat, idle or not, found its place in the heart and mind of this fire-calling, thunder-hearing, sword-wheeling prophet of the Lord Most High. See, from our view... It was meaningless. It was a meaningless message from a vile queen who was incapable of making good on her threat. From our lofty perch, Jezebel could not and ultimately would not do the prophet harm. She did not kill him. But our view is inconsequential. The seed of retribution found its place and it germinated and it caused Elijah to run for his life and a cave became his refuge. A self-defeating spirit became his companion and fear gripped him and then loneliness because nothing can bind your mind and your heart and your spirit like the spoken word. And we might think that it should not have been given all the things especially in light of all that had just transpired through the mighty hands of the lord and through elijah but there is nothing like the power of a burgeoning planted seed that's why solomon wrote keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life he The heart, he's talking about your mind, your thoughts. Proverbs 4.23, above all, guard your mind, guard your heart. Before you put an alarm system around your house, put a guard around your ears. Before you put locks on your doors and seal your entryways into your rooms. Put a guard around your mind. You don't even have to hear someone speak. You already know their spirit. The easy part is feeling their spirit. The hard part is getting rid of their planted seed. Lives are conflicted because of a lack of judgment. Futures are set in place. Pathways are determined by the spoken word. Both clear direction and foggy delusions are set by the result of an implanted seed. A father that that supports and says you're going to make it. You're going to do good. Even if that son or that daughter doesn't have the wherewithal to do it. A planted seed was in their mind. My daddy thinks I'm going to do it. My mama thinks my uncle. Somebody said I can make it. And that planted seed propels them toward success. And the opposite is true when someone puts a seed or a word in your mind you're no good you'll never be any good and now you you succumb to that low common denominator cuz the planted seed has power And if it is adverse by the time the preacher graces the pulpit to deliver the word of God another word has already made it into your mind and the battle of your mind starts to ensue The apostle said that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood well what do we wrestle against powers It's not a physical fight. It's a spiritual intangible battle for the space of our mind. It is to believe or to doubt to praise or to complain. You can't do both. You can't believe and doubt. You can't praise and complain. A a, a well can't bring forth bitter and and sweet water at the same time. And, And you've got to understand the power of this. There are Many have lost the battle. Some are winning it, but many have lost the battle. And I wish I could get to you first. I wish it weren't so, but many have been misled, not for truth's sake, but because someone planted the wrong seed early on. That's why we need this moment in this house. That's why you got to come into this house to hear the word of God. Because just by chance, a word might be spoken to you that preempts all the other junk that's going to come to you this week. Maybe we can begin the week with a fresh word from the Lord that will thwart the barrage of vain and negative and pitiful, pitiful seeds that are thrown our way. It's no wonder why Paul wrote, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I didn't want to know anything else. Don't tell me anything else. Don't tell me about the news. Don't Talk to me about politics or the economy. I've got to keep my mind on Jesus. I didn't. I could have known everything, but I, here's what he said. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost, the spirit, and the power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. You get up and start preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and you start seeing people being healed and delivered. I'll tell you, that's greater than all the intellectualism in this world. You cannot outthink it, you cannot outcompute it because our God is a mighty God. They already tried to do that. They tried to reason with Peter and John. But the problem was, the lame man is standing there. He was, he's standing there. He should have not been standing there. And the Bible says, but because of the lame man, they could say nothing against it. All right. Just let someone in this house be delivered of a tumor, of a cancer, of diabetes, of an affliction, of leukemia. I'm going to tell you right now, no one can say anything against that. Now You can mock all the stuff that's going on. You can say all everything bad about the church, and all about the doctrine, but I'll tell you, when you get to that point, there ain't nothing to say. When the Lord delivers you of an addiction that the doctors and your friends couldn't deliver you, there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can say. I just want to say that there's going to be a seed planted in your brain, in your mind, in your heart, and nobody's going to take it out because it's going to get there first. Someone tried to tell me some negative stuff about someone I knew a long time ago and I I just put my hand up and said, I'm sorry you came too late because I've watched that man preach and I watched him pray for somebody and I watched the tumor just shrink and go away so you've come too late to tell me that they're not of God. That's right. I'm looking at the scripture now. This is King David. He assumes the throne. He wants to bless everyone. He's thinking now back. Even though he took the kingdom from Saul, Jonathan, his covenant friend, he wanted to do something for somebody. He said, is there anybody left in the house of Saul or of Jonathan? And finally someone says, well, Jonathan had one son. They've hid him. He was crippled. His name is Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. And now for years, Mephibosheth has come to David and David has blessed him. There's a name, Mephibosheth. Don't name your child that name. It's not a bad name, but no one can spell it. It's hard to pronounce. (laughs) Just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean you have to use it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, whatever. (laughs) I better get off that. The last time I got on this, I got in really bad trouble. God love Korah. She's a beauty. But then David's son, Absalom, he he rebels. David leaves the city because he doesn't want to have a fight with his own family. But during the rebellion and David's departure... Mephibosheth has a a companion. He's got someone who helps him, an attendant. And the attendant's name is Ziba. And he's nothing less than a devil. And when David finally returns home, who's waiting for him? Ziba was waiting for him with a seed in his hand. Let me read it to you. 2 Samuel 16, one, When David had gone a short distance beyond the summit, there was Ziba, the steward of Mephibosheth, waiting to meet him. He had a string of donkeys and saddled, loaded 200 loaves of bread, helping all the men that were coming back with them. a little bit of wine, some cakes, figs. Verse 2 The king David said to Ziba, oh, Why did you bring all this? Ziba answered, the donkey's for the king's household. All you can ride. You don't have to walk, king. And the bread, the fruit for your men to be refreshed. And the king said, where is your master's grandson? Where is Mephibosheth? And Ziba said, well, he stayed at Jerusalem because he thinks, here it is. The house of Israel is going to go back to Saul's kingdom. That's a lie. Then the king said to Ziba, all that belongs to Mephibosheth now is yours. I humbly bow, Ziba said, let me find favor. Let me just scroll ahead to verse 24 of 2nd Samuel 19. Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, also went down to meet the king. He had not taken care of his feet or trimmed his mustache or washed his clothes from the day the king left, cuz he's in mourning until the king returned safely. He wasn't going to go about his business as usual. Things are not right. He's not going to live the same way because the king has been taken. Verse 25. And when he came to Jerusalem to meet the king, the king said, Why did you go with me, Mephibosheth? And Mephibosheth said, My lord, the king, since I am your servant, I'm lame. I will have my donkey saddle and ride on it so I can go with the king. But Ziba, my servant, betrayed me. And the king said, Why say more? I order you and Ziba to divide the fields. Oh my. You see, Zeba came first, first, that devil, and he planted a lie. But this is the nature of whoever comes first. Whoever plants it first makes it difficult to refute, even if it's not true. Whoever comes first has the advantage. That's why you have to guard your ears. Because even if you know it's wrong... Maybe a lie or some false thing. Once the seed is planted and takes roots and germinate, it's hard to get it out. You know it wasn't true, but you will negotiate with the devil just because he came first. You will struggle with truth because something made his way into the fertile soil of your mind and it took root. And David knew that Ziba was not speaking the truth, but in the end, David compromised by dividing the fields. You both are right. No, they were not. Ziba was wrong. There was no right in him, but the seed had already sprouted and it bound up the sound judgment of the king don't ever underestimate the power of the germinated seed. They grow, they mature, they develop, and they have fruit, and they are the words that are heard and received. And as I have stood in this pulpit preaching the word of God for these many years, I found out that before I arrive somebody's already said something to you and it choked out the preaching of the word. I preach that Jesus is the healer, but someone told you something different. I preach to you that Jesus is the father, and he is the father to the helpless, and that He will uh, he will heal everyone but somebody told you something different I stand here to deny that and say you got to get rid of that I'm here to stand and say the Lord is a healer he will heal your body he will deliver you A man brought his afflicted son to the Lord and no one could seem to deal with it. And Jesus looked at that man and that afflicted son who did not talk, who could not move, who was afflicted. And Jesus said unto the man, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. If you'll just put into your mind all things. I preach that the Lord's a lifter of your head. But someone told you that you're never going to get out of that thing. So you just wallow in that and here's what you do. You learn to cope. That's not the Lord's will for you to cope. The children of God ought never be coping. You ought not ever learn how to cope. You ought, he came to set you free and set you free indeed. He came to set your emotions free and your mind free and your body free. He came to give you hope. Stop trying to cope. I don't know who told you that but I serve a God that can make you Let me just say, the reports are at war. The message of the enemy and the message of the Lord are at war. You may not see it, but they're at war. There's a tug of war in your mind. Even just to receive what I'm preaching today, there's a tug of war in your mind. The Bible says Moses sent out men to spy out or to survey the land of Canaan and 12 of them, but 10 of the men came back and said, "We, we can't take it. And they, and interestingly enough in the Bible in order, chronological order, they spoke first. They said, yes, it flows with milk and honey, but it's too big for us. The land's beautiful. Yeah. Yes, it's beautiful. but We're small. The enemy's great. And, and they spoke first. And then Joshua and Caleb, they had their chance, but they didn't stand a chance. Not only were they in the minority, but the seed of doubt found root and nothing could change it. And to that negative word, Of those 10 men, the entire nation of the children of Israel closed the door on their promise. That negative, fearful, disbelieving word bound them up for four decades of time. In fact, that seed caused a lot of them to die in the wilderness because the promised land would not sustain a seed of the skeptic. (laughs) What shall we do here, ladies and gentlemen? shall we acquiesce to the naysayers? I stand up and say, no, we shall not. I stood on the north side of this road and looked at this field and looked at an old broken down building that was rotted and had all kinds of issues and I looked across standing on the front steps of that old church and I said, someday we're going to get that land and we're going to build a building on that land. Because we need to reach more people, and a man stood by me and said, "Why do we need that? Aren't you happy with the, with what you have now?" He didn't know who he was talking about talking to. He had no idea who he was talking to, and I and I almost wilted at that. I, I that seed got in me, and it's it, it 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 lodged in me. But I I went home and I said, "No, I rebuked that thing. No, 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 that can't be of God. No, there's got to be more people that need the Holy Ghost, that need to be baptized, and need to hear the Word of God." Happy? You want me to be happy with just, a, with just a handful of people? No, I want the whole city. I want everybody. I want everyone to hear about Jesus. I want everyone to be saved. I'm not content. And we bought the land. Put money down and the next thing is it went into a court battle and there was a lawsuit, not from our end, but from another another group sued that the land could not be sold. sold. (laughs) And another man came and said, well, isn't that a good indication the Lord doesn't want you to have that? get that nasty filthy seed out of my out of my soil. It doesn't belong there. I don't know what you're talking to me. Get behind me, Satan. I do not I do not receive that. I'm not letting that seed germinate in my mind. You think the devil's just going to open the door and say, "No problem, just go do the work." You think we're going to do this without a fight? You're going to have to fight every day to clean your mind and to get all the seeds of junk and all that pitiful stuff out of your heart. That's right. That's right. No no I said no no let's just see and then the and then the lawsuit failed and we bought the property and then then the building was there and someone came and said, well, I don't, that, that's a building. You better not mess with that building. That's got a lot of stuff in it. And you, you, and I, I just made a phone call and I said, I, I need that torn down. And, and the man on the other end said, it'll be done in two weeks. And it was done and it was gone. And then we built this building that I'm standing in right now. And as we were building it, someone said, why are you building that building? You'll never, you'll never fill up that building. I don't even know. By the time we got it done, that same man, another man came back and said, I'm sorry. I should never have said that. And I, and I knew, yeah, you should not have said that. Because that, that, that was a lie of the devil. And I'm, I'm protecting my mind and my heart and my seed. And then when we built the next little thing, then someone said, well, I, I don't know, why do you need that? And I said, well, because we're going to have a lot of people in there. And, and we have a lot of people that like the foyer. And I'm going to have about 400 people in the foyer drinking coffee while I'm trying to preach. They won't ever come in. So just let's big, big, build a bigger foyer, whatever. I know you're out there right now watching me. You could come in here, but you don't want to. Okay, just re- just receive the word wherever you are. I'm preaching to everybody. I don't know where you're standing or where you're listening You might be eating a donut right now, but just know that the Lord is good and you can survive. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to have a good attitude. (laughs) It doesn't always work. Well, well, why are you going to build the new building? Why do you need that? 'Cause we're gonna turn this building into a big school and a gymnasium and a recreation center and a family life worship center. And what is it what is it to you? Oh, oh, oh. No, no, you don't like that. Here here's a new motto. I want I want to do this motto. We will build and the Lord will fill. It doesn't, it's not really inventive, you know, it rhymes a little bit, but we're going to build it and the Lord will fill it because people need to be saved because the world is lost because they don't have any hope. We're just going to take our light shining in a dark world. But I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to listen to the sound of the enemy. I refuse. I reject that. No, no, no. No, no, no. So when they say, well, why are you all doing that? Because we have a burden for our city. This is here the words of Tobiah and Sanballat. You, you might lose these names. It's okay. Nehemiah goes; he's rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem, and these two guys come and they're trying to stop the progress. And they want to speak to Nehemiah. They keep they keep launching all these accusations against Nehemiah, but they really want to have a personal conversation with Nehemiah. And they said to Nehemiah, "Come down here so we can talk to you." But Nehemiah said, "I'm not coming down." Why? Why? Why was he not coming down? There was too much on the line for him to stop. Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls. He was resetting the gates. And while Tobiah and Sambalah could not physically stop him, if they could just have a conversation with him and put put doubt and seed, they could stop the progress. Because a wrong seed at the wrong time could destroy the God-given commission to restore Jerusalem. I want you to pray that the negative junk that you have heard would be bound up and cast out of your life. How incredible is it that truth is like a tender plant? It needs the right soil. It needs care, concern. It's got to be protected. It's got to be watered. Sometimes it's got to be covered. But a weed can grow up in the middle of a dry rock bed with no attention at all. A weed can take root in a crack in the middle of an asphalt parking lot with 100 plus degree temperatures. A weed seems to thrive in a famine, but truth withers away. Lies and innuendos and accusations take almost no soil at all to grow, but truth and honesty must be carefully cultivated and nurtured. I'm going to tell you about those seeds over there. They'll bind your mind for years to come. They'll destroy your trust. And when the seed of distrust gets in your heart between you and here, whatever I'm preaching, it's filtered through that nasty germinated seed of distrust. You don't think the devil's at work in your mind? Wanting to take every good thing out? Just taint it a little bit, cloud it? I'm I'm, I'm praying against it but if the seed of faith can get in your heart and it can germinate and it can find a place to grow I've seen it with my own eyes the doubter and the skeptic they're a little angry with the person that has the seed of faith because the seed of faith and trust it it flourishes and it overwhelms you get around someone who's full of the Holy Spirit Something is growing in them. They walk in it. They live in it. There's another light in their eye. They've got great joy. Something is happening. I, I, I'm looking at the scripture and watching Paul's ending of all of his ending of the, of the books that he wrote. Here's part of his ending in, in, in Philippians chapter 4. There's only four chapters in the book of Philippians. He writes to the church at Philippi. He says in verse 7, And the peace of God, it passes all, you can't even think it passes about that, shall keep your hearts and your minds, here's what I'm praying for you. I'm praying that something will keep your heart and your mind, your passion and your thought, your desires and everything you think about every day. Because if you can keep your heart and your mind, I promise you, you can thwart everything that the, that the enemy comes against, well, that the enemy comes against you with, you can take it out, because there's something about the protected seed. You are going to be healed. I want you to know, you are going to make it. You're not going down. You're not going to lose. It's not inevitable that you will backslide. No, it's not. No. You're not going to be caught in despair. No. No, you're not. That's a lie. You are not over. If you've made a mistake today, yesterday, the day before, if this is your 10th time, you won't get back up and you're going to make it. You're going to make it. That's a lie of the devil. (laughs) You are loved. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. You are loved. Anything that comes and puts that thought that you're not, that's a lie of the enemy just to divide you and the church and you and the truth. People love you. People care about you. Well, I don't know. I listen. Don't let the devil destroy your faith. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm put some seeds out here. I don't care. I, I don't. I mean, I, look, look. You, 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 It could look bleak. It could look bleak. But, but David said, I, I've been around a long time. I've been around a long time and all my life I've never, not one time, I've ever seen the righteous forsaken and the righteous are never begging for bread. You know why? Because the Lord always provides. He always provides. He always, the Lord always provides. Why are you so toiling and worried about worried about things? If the Lord clothed the fields and cares about the sparrows, he cares about you. You are not out of his mind or out of his thought. The Lord loves you. He cares about you. I want to plant some good seeds in this house. I'll tell you what I'm battling today. I'm battling all the junk that you allow in your brain that conflicts your thought and your mind against holiness and godliness and righteousness and truth. So I just want to tell you, you're doing good. Stay away from the world. You don't have to blend into the world. Why? Because the Lord is right. The Bible is true, and you need to get to the you need to get your life in order and you're gonna do it today. I rebuke all the fear and all the doubt. I'll I'll ask your permission not to be used of the devil. That's pretty strong. (laughs) Jesus is on his way to the cross. Starts talking about how he's going to die. His main man. Probably the oldest among them. Peter looks at Jesus and says, Not on my watch you're not going to die. No, you're not going to die on my watch. And what did Jesus say? Now, how would you like that if your pastor said... Get thee behind me, Satan. I ain't never coming back there again. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. You don't even know the things of God. You savor us not the things of God, but the things of men. You talk about being stepped. See, the American audience, you don't really want the Bible. You want it homogenized. Peanut-free. <laughs> no sharp. No, you want it smooth. and You got to read the Bible. Man, I'm, I'm telling you what. Jesus was not. He did not read Zig Ziglar's book, How to Win and Influence People. No. He wasn't always suave. In fact, if you start to read what Jesus said, He came to make war. Whoa. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, that's in the Bible too. (laughs) Uh, He is not just the lamb. He is the lion. And he says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You don't even know what you're talking about. Don't let the devil use you to say things that would kill the precious word of God. Why don't you... Why don't you think this way? i got to get my mind set on the Lord. He may be leading us somewhere. Don't out of your mouth speak something into existence that didn't have to be there. Because that seed germinates and gets into the hearts of people. And all of a sudden, people believe a lie. And some lose their sound judgment because, believe it or not, there's not always two sides to a story. Oh, Uh uh-oh. There's not always two sides to the story, but that's not what I've heard. I've always heard people say, there's always two sides to the story. If that's not true, there was one side, and Zeba was lying. You know what the Bible says? Let God be true and every man a liar. There's not your side to his side. There's only one truth. In fact, the Bible says there's only one Lord. Say it, one Lord. There's not two lords or three lords or four. There's one faith, Everyone say, one faith. Now we're in trouble. And here's the third thing, and one baptism. What are you talking about? That's the scripture. One Lord, there's one faith, and there's one baptism. There's not two sides. There's not your way and my way and three ways and five ways. The Bible is not subjective. We're not going to get lost in subjectivism. There's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one doctrine, there's one truth, there's one God, there's one way to be saved, there's one way to heaven. I just got to plant some seeds here today. I want to tell you, you are going to make it. You've been designed to win. You're going to overcome. You will endure. You're going to have joy. You're going to have strength. The Lord's going to bless you. Listen. I don't know if I've come first, but I just want to say it. And if I just have a couple people, that would be good. But I'm going to stand up and, and say against the 10 spies, yes, we will take the land. Yes, we will take the city. Yes, we will have revival. Yes, we will keep our families. Yes, we will overcome. Yes, you are going to make it. Yes, you will have joy. Yes, you will have strength. Just keep standing down. Look, I think we're in the fight of our lives. I feel in the spirit we're in the fight of our lives. And it has nothing to do with, with a physical fight. It has to do with where our faith will end up. And where our loyalty to God will end up. And whether we'll believe and make a commitment. I'm calling for commitment today. I want to eradicate some things. I'm sorry, expunge them from our wording. I want to sponge this from our wording. Going to see you tonight? Here's the response. Well, if the creek don't rise. What creek? If the river don't flood. Lord willing. It is the Lord's will. Oh no. Why do you respond like that? Full of doubt. Going to see you next week. Well, we're hoping. Hoping what? Hoping for what? You're hoping that it won't happen. You should say yes. And if it doesn't happen, you should you should be distraught. Cuz the creek rose. What 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 creek? but out of our mouth we leave allowances for doubt for the uncommitted life out of our words we plant our own seeds of negativism I don't know I'm not sure well who are you trusting in where did you put your heart your faith in God didn't the Lord provide isn't the Lord good enough to provide can't he bring you out and set you up hasn't he brought you this far he's going to bring you all the way He's going to bring you all the way. And even if you don't see it with your natural eyes, you've got to get to the place where Job was. When Job said, I looked for him on my right hand. I couldn't find him. I looked for God on my left hand. He was not there. I looked him in front, nothing in behind, Nothing. <laughs> Because his eyes couldn't see it, but in his heart, his mind, he said, but I know the Lord orders my steps. I know the Lord knows where I'm at. And I'm not going to rely upon my natural thought because something has been planted in my heart. His wife said, Why don't you curse God and die? And he said to her, Get behind me, foolish woman. You don't even know what you're talking about. I love you, but I'm not receiving that from you, even if you are my loved wife. Even if your family causes you to know I'm not receiving that, the foolish seed, and I'm not letting that get into my mind. Because some of us allow our family members to disrupt our walk with God. Yes, and the people closest to you can say things to you that will that will destroy your commitment to the Lord. I re- I, I pray, put up the guard. No, 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 no. no, I ain't letting you do that. No, 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 no. That's a foolish thing. I love you, but that's foolish. I care about you, but no. No, that seed's going to destroy me. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I'm not giving up now. I know it looks bad right now, but I'm not giving up. I know I've I've lost a lot, but I'm not giving up. I know I'm struggling a lot, but I'm not giving up. I'm not going to give up my faith. I'm not going to give up my love. I'm not going to give up my commitment. I'm not giving up my passion. Why? Because I know he knows where I'm at. I'm going to protect the seed. I'm going to protect the truth. Come on, I'm going to protect the truth. Somebody in here needs to say right now, today I'm getting rid of some things out of my life. I'm making a trade. I'm making a trade. I want truth for a lie. I want joy for sadness. I want praise for discontentment. Come on, lift up your hands wherever you are in this building. The Lord is in this house. yes 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 i speak in tongues because it's inside of me and i let that come out of me because i know that's the spirit of the lord so don't be confused if i'm speaking in other tongues it's because the bible says the spirit makes intercession for me the spirit prays for me while i'm praying and it does something to me that i can't do for myself so if you are born of the spirit i want you just to lift up your voice in your hearts and your hands Oh, right now, I pray, Lord. Replace some things in us, Lord. Remove something in us, Lord. Let the seed that I've sown today, let it find place. Let it germinate and find a root, Lord. I pray there be a seed of commitment and consecration. I pray there be a seed of vow, Lord. I pray there be something that would keep us strong and keep us separated from the world and keep us on track, Lord. Let the word of God be sown in this house. <laughs> hallelujah 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 now just help me i want us to pray together we're just going to say i love you jesus come on just say it. i love you jesus i believe your word lord i believe that you are god i believe that you died on the cross lord i thank you i believe you rose from the grave come on just out of your mouth you ought to utter those words come on with me somebody needs to say i believe that you are a healer come on say it i believe you're a healer i believe you can heal me lord of emotional issues and and mind issues and health issues i believe that you're a healer lord all things are possible with you lord i believe it in my mind i believe lord come on someone needs to say i believe you're a provider lord i believe you're a giver of all things lord i believe you still own the cattle on a thousand hills lord i think you can sustain me lord i know that you can lord come on out of your mouth you ought to say it you got to speak the things out of your mouth and put them into existence up. Okay, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help you because we're not there yet. Now we're gonna we're gonna backtrack a little bit. Jesus, forgive me of all the things that I've thought that were not right. Come on now, help. Forgive me, Lord, of all the things that I I know they were not right. It confounded me. It 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 bothered me and I, I knew it wasn't right when I heard it, Lord, but I've let it creep in. Come on, say it. Forgive me, Lord, of all the stuff that that junk, those things. That, Lord, help me get that out of my system, my mind, so that I'm not filtered. Come on, repent right now. You ought to ask God to forgive you and repent of all of that. I'm not gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna believe in you. I'm gonna trust in you. I'm gonna trust in you, Lord. I'm gonna believe in the word, Lord. I'm not gonna let a wedge or some device get in between me and you Lord that's right that's right the Holy Ghost is in this house the spirit of the Lord is here no, no, no no, 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 it's not a losing battle, it's not a losing cause. All the promises of God are yea, amen, all the promises of God are yes, and amen, it will be all the promises of God I'm going to speak it out of my mouth, I'm going to speak it out of my mouth, you did not bring me this far to leave me, you didn't teach me how to swim to let me drown, you didn't build a home in me to move away, Lord I'm going to proclaim it out of my mouth, Lord, because you're good, and your mercy endures forever, and your grace is upon me. And you shed your blood for me. And I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I'm going to speak it out of my mouth. I pray right now in Jesus' name, do the work, Lord. Do the work of the people's lives, Lord.